he's a very kind person and he was hurting and we had done this deep work together. So I wanted to be there for him. He needed it. This is First Date Stories, the podcast, the show where women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond talk all about the first dates they've been on. From the wildly successful to the completely disastrous and everything in between. Here's your host, Jody Klein, founder of FirstDateStories.com. Hi there. Isabel was a guest on the show last season and shared the shocking tale of her first date with Todd. If you haven't heard that episode yet, I strongly encourage you to check it out. This season, she's back with an entirely different story, which took place before the pandemic. Her past relationships had followed a really unhealthy pattern. Isabel's awareness of this fact and the role she played in it caused her to do some introspection and personal growth work. Her tale is about opening up our genuine selves to the world, really being vulnerable and welcoming in the unexpected. Here's Isabel's first date story. Hello, Isabel. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Jody. So great to be back. It was terrific to talk to you last season. For whoever's listening to this episode today who's not heard our Isabel and Todd episode from season two, you have got to check it out. It's unlike any other conversation I've ever had on the podcast. So definitely have a listen to it. But on this episode, we're going to talk about another date. Before we do, you know that we like to have our listeners get a bit of an idea about each of our guests. Tell us about you. I am a 40 something. I am married. I have a dog. I don't have any children. And a very outdoorsy person, super active, yoga, love to travel. What kind of dog do you have? I have a Labradoodle. Nice. Today's episode, we're going to talk about a date with whom? With Zane. Zane. I love that name. Isn't that a great name? (laughs) That is a great name. Where were you in your life when you met Zane? I was actually in a really good place in my life, really working on myself, really focusing on me, not really dating and doing some deep, deep inner work. What drove you to that desire to do this work on yourself? A lot of it had to do with my past relationships and them all having the same theme, the same pattern and realizing that part of that same thing and pattern was me. That isn't always the easiest realization to get to. No, it it takes a lot of climbing over your ego to kind of see that. Wow. You took that journey then. I chose to take that journey, yes. Was it a healthy one for you to take? It was very healthy. Now, you're on this journey. You are doing a lot of introspective work. Where did Zane fit into all of this? How did the two of you cross paths? Well, I signed up for a workshop, um, and it was an emotional intelligence workshop. So again, allowing myself to get deeper within myself. I wasn't looking for anybody. I was looking for myself, for me. And Zane happened to be in this workshop with me. The two of you were in amongst a group of how many people? Approximately maybe 90. Oh, it was a big workshop. Yeah, it was really large. How did the two of you connect at this workshop? Well, it was a multiple day workshop. So the first couple days... I didn't even notice him. I didn't even know he was in there. My focus was, again, really just on myself and learning what we were being taught in this workshop. It was really fascinating. And then by day three, he'd come up to me. And said what? 
you're a really beautiful woman. And if I wasn't engaged, you'd be somebody I'd love to date. But it was completely innocent. It wasn't like I thought he was trying to pick up on me and maybe he was a cheater. No, not at all. It was completely innocent. And I was just kind of like, oh, Zane, you're so silly. That was quite flattering of him. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like he was getting married. Yes, yes. Did the two of you spend time at the workshop together after he said those very flattering words to you? Actually, no, we didn't. That was said and then that was kind of it. What happened next? By the fifth day, we kind of spent a little more time together and just kind of talked, but still very innocent, very sweet, very kind. And then the workshop ended. There was an option with this workshop to take another one that was about 10 days later. So I had signed up for that one and he had signed up for it as well. This again was another multiple day one. And towards the end, he came to our group and let us all know that his fiance had cheated on him. Not once, not twice. You get the story. Oh, was that horrible discovery one of the reasons he had gone to the workshop? No, he had gone to the workshop because she suggested he should go because she had done it and she thought it would be good for their relationship. But she had cheated on him multiple times. He hadn't known that yet. He discovered it in the workshop that was 10 days later after the first workshop. She came clean with him at home. He came and shared it with us. Brutal. Very brutal. It must have been a very safe environment for him to approach this group of people and share something so devastating. It was. Um, he was very vulnerable and we were all really open. So it was a really safe place for him. Where was their relationship at that point? Everything was called off. He broke it off with her. He broke it off, but it wasn't that easy. They were living together. She had a daughter that he had been in her life for a long time. So it wasn't just a clean break. It took time. It sounds really complicated. Very complicated. Now, you were part of this group of people that he divulged his soul to, really. Yes. Opened up his everything to, emotionally. How did you try to help him through this? I just became a friend to him, a really good listener. We started talking a lot on the phone. Um, We'd be on the phone for hours. And just me just really being there for him, just being a friend with no intention on either side of us. Did you live uh, in the same area? No, we didn't. He lived um, probably six hours away by car. So you weren't getting together face to face. It was all conversation over the phone. Yes, correct. You were clearly very generous with yourself to step up to be there for him and become a friend to somebody who you had only just met. He's a very kind person and he was hurting and we'd done this deep work together. So I wanted to be there for him. He needed it. That's a great gift. Yeah. To give him, to give anybody. Yeah. The gift of listening and not judging and being, being there. He was a big gift for me as well. He was um, a man that I had no intention with at the time, but I felt really safe around him. How did things evolve from that point forward? Just out of nowhere, one day he asked me on a date and I was like, I don't know. And the date was to meet him in Singapore. 
You don't live in Singapore. No, I don't live in Singapore. <laughs> he doesn't live in Singapore. He doesn't live in Singapore. That must have come out of left field. It came out of left field. What did you say? Can I let you know tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Wait, what? <laughs> Why was he inviting you to Singapore? He was actually going for work and he just thought it would be fun. Were you feeling at that time, like the two of you are working towards a romantic connection? All these conversations you were having over the phone, were they heading in that way in your mind? They were. Something had clicked. About how much time had transpired since the workshop to the point that he invited you to Singapore? I would say a month. That's pretty fast. Yeah, it is pretty fast. And I also didn't want to be a rebound. Understandably. Yeah. You saw this man at his lowest low. I did. A month later, he asked you to fly to the other side of the world with him. Yes. What were you thinking? I wasn't. That's why I said I had to get back to him. <laughs> Who does that? Zane. Yeah, exactly. Zane does this. <laughs> I've never been in a situation like that before. How did you figure out whether to go or not? Well, I had to let him know the next day. And of course, I had to get on the phone <laughs> with all my girlfriends. <laughs> of course you did. And we had to gather and we had to talk about it and gossip about it. Do I go? Do I not go? And they're like, you have to go. <laughs> Who gets asked to go to Singapore? And you trust him. You spent enough time talking with him. He's safe. You know he's a kind human. And... He's not a sleazebag. Did you listen to your girlfriend? I listened to my girlfriends. <laughs> we should listen to our girlfriends. We should listen to our girlfriends. <laughs> Did you call him up the next day and... And, and then I sent him? a text like, okay, I'm in. I was oh. playing a little casual. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you weren't probably feeling... No, like I wasn't feeling was so casual, casual. Yeah, I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> How was the trip? The trip was amazing. So let's be clear. Your first date with Zane was in Singapore. My first date with Zane was in Singapore. That's a hell of a first date. <laughs> Take me through it. So we live in different areas. So we flew in from different areas. So it's a long flight. <laughs> I was on my flight for a long time. He was on his. And we met in the airport, I think around 2 a.m. Singapore time. So I'm not going to lie. It's a little awkward. Kind of like, hi, yeah, we're in Singapore. And we get to this hotel, this amazing hotel that they have there. It's called the Marina Bay Sands. And it's just insane. And we check in and they're like, oh, your room's not available. So we have to upgrade you. <laughs> oh, this room was like floor to ceiling, 40 foot windows. It was gorgeous. Just looking out on the bay. I was just beside myself. Had you been to Singapore before? I had never been to Singapore before. Had you been to Asia before? I had been to Asia. I'd been to Bali, but two completely different places. <laughs> Yes. Very different destination. Yeah. Singapore is beautiful. It's the cleanest place I've ever been. Um, it's gorgeous. This room was gorgeous. This was just turning into a major fairy tale. You said that it was a bit awkward in the airport. Yeah. And you now have been upgraded yes. to this suite with this huge view. Stunning suite. Amazing. What was going through your head? It was just also overwhelming. I was exhausted. I was newly liking somebody. I'm in a different country. There was just so much going on. Am I tired? Am I hungry? Am I... Yeah, I was just kind of a mess, but a good mess. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel that he was feeling comfortable or was he feeling a little awkward? I could tell we both were a little, little, little shy. 
you know, a little awkward, but trying to be, you know, and again, he just got off a really long flight as well. So the two of you hadn't even kissed before. No, we had not. And here you are in this beautiful hotel room together. Yes. How'd you navigate that? I just said, I'm going to take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first night was pretty innocent. And how did things go from there? From there, it just kind of, it just clicked. Then it was a whirlwind and Singapore is a beautiful place. He's a foodie. I'm a foodie. So we just had amazing food and eating together could be so intimate. And that was like a really great connection that we had. It was just this magical, beautiful time. And it was only four days. You said that you didn't want to be a rebound. As the two of you are in Singapore together, what were you picking up about where he was coming from? I was picking up that he was completely into me, that this was authentic and this was real. I did not feel like a rebound at all. But we are also traveling and that can be kind of fantasy. Wonderful fantasy. Wonderful fantasy, yes. <laughs> what else happened during your four-day first date that you'd like to share? Well, we kissed and we solidified our relationship. And it was beautiful and it was wonderful. And I'm not going to tell everything. You don't have to. <laughs> you can only guess, though. You can only imagine because you would do the same yes. that I did. Yes, yes. But it was just wonderful and amazing. And that's when I think I fell in love with him. On your first yeah. trip together? Yeah. You fell in love. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know, I think, that I was. But it was just, he was just different. Something was just very different. A feeling I never had with anybody. How did the time together in Singapore come to an end? And what was the parting of ways at the airport like? It kind of made it a little awkward again and a little sad because I didn't know if this was just this trip and we were going to go back home and were we going to still talk as much as we did or was this just a thing? And that's when maybe the rebound stuff kind of hit me. Was this just some fling for him to kind of get over you know, the ex or just to get back. I, I just his own stuff and just got into my girl head of, did he use me? And was this all it was? And kind of stuff like that. So my plane ride home was a little awkward for me, a little stressful. You ran that movie in your head, huh? I did. Yeah. Were you picking up clues along the way that that might be the case? I was not picking up those clues. But it's just a place I would go. So again, back to, you know, my weird patterns that I have been working, you know, that I was working on to break. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Well, what did happen after you got back between the two of you? Well, after I got back, I heard from him right away. Everything stayed the same. And um, we ended up seeing each other almost every weekend. You did? Yes. That's tremendous. Yeah, so I'd fly and go see him. He'd come see me. How did things feel once you got back to, quote unquote, home, even though your homes were different? Yeah. Right? You weren't on this magical trip any longer. Mm -hmm. You were back in the States. How, how did things feel between the two of you? It felt good because everything stayed the same. Um, every, all those thoughts in my head weren't true. We still talked every day. We still were in contact, texting, talking when, you know, at the end of the day, after work, right before bed in the morning, texting. So it just, it just continued and it became more, 
you know, we spent more time even doing it and more time connecting. And it was different because we had taken our relationship to a different level. Tell me where things went from there. The back and forth traveling. And he one day gave me the key to his apartment. Was that a huge surprise? It was a really huge surprise because I don't know if he gave me the key just to have when I came to visit, but he wanted me to move with him and asked me if I was open to kind of leaving my life behind where I live and coming to where he lives. How much time had passed since the magical trip to Singapore before Mm -hmm. that key was given to you? I would say a year. Uh, And what was your response to him? I think I may have teared up and cried. Nobody ever gave me a key to their place, let alone I'd never lived with anybody. You hadn't been married before, and this was the first uh, invitation. It was, yes. To move in with somebody. It was real. I was in a real relationship. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. That's fantastic. Yeah. It really is. Fast forward to now. How are you and Zane doing? We are happily married. Oh, how many years have you been married? We've been married two and a half years. Congratulations. It's quite an odyssey that the two of you went on together. Yes. You and Zane came together at a time where you were making yourself vulnerable by being at the workshops. And he made himself vulnerable both by being at the workshops and just coming from an incredibly raw, difficult, painful place. That then brought the two of you over time to an incredibly joyous place. Yes, it did. What have you learned from that part of your relationship and the early stages of going to Singapore with him and taking that risk? Being vulnerable can be very scary, but it can also be really rewarding because you're being real. You're being honest. And so our relationship was created on real vulnerability and honesty. What suggestions or advice do you have for the women listening to us talk? Take care of you. Make sure you know what you want, what you really, really want. And don't change yourself for a man. And when you do meet a man, stay vulnerable. And if he can't handle it, that's a red flag for you to get out. Because that's how he's going to handle every situation. And I wasn't my husband's rebound. And if I let myself get in my head, I would have sabotaged that. And I didn't. So just that advice too. Know your worth. And when you know your worth, anything can happen. This has been a wonderful and life-affirming story that you've shared, Isabel. Thank you for coming on the show again to share it with me and all our listeners. Thank you for having me again. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like the show, we would love it if you'd go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. You can also subscribe there or wherever you are listening right now. This podcast is also at firstdatestories.com, where you'll find articles written by incredibly talented dating experts on all sorts of topics that provide inspiration, guidance, and support to single, divorced, and widowed women who are dating in midlife. And you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. If you have your own memorable first date story to share, please don't keep it to yourself. We want to hear about it. 
email us at hello at firstaidstories.com or go to the contact section of the website. Now for a quick run through of the legalese. This podcast is for general information and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as professional advice for our listeners. We suggest that you always consult with your own personal coaches and advisors. First Aid Stories does not recommend or endorse or object to the views or topics expressed on this podcast. Also, the names of the guests are changed for privacy purposes. This podcast is produced and edited by Kim Paletti and Lisa Gray of Sound Mind Productions and is brought to you by Espoir Ventures. First Aid Stories is here to help you be your best self, cheer you on, and encourage you to keep showing up for first dates because... Beyond your next first date may be the lifelong love you are seeking.